Hey everybody, welcome to War of the Worlds, the newsified game show and gamified news show where we take the top five tech topics from the previous week and break them down with editors from PC World, uh, Macworld, and Greenbot here on the show. Uh, with me today is Mark Hockman from uh, PC World and also uh, Michael Simon from Greenbot. Welcome, Michael. Hello. As you can see, uh, Michael is joining us virtually from our offices in Framingham, but we're happy to have him on the show today. Uh, before we get started, I have to apologize for a comment I made last week. Very controversial uh, here on the show, and I want to extend my deepest apologies. Uh, I actually equated Joseph Conrad and Joseph Campbell when talking about the hero's journey last week. Got a lot of angry letters from the literary fans out there, and I really apologize for that. So we're going to try to clean it up here on the show and uh, not make any more mistakes like that, uh, and hopefully we'll keep your hate mail to a minimum here uh, this week. So, uh, But yeah, if we're ready to get started, uh, we'll kick it off here. So uh, Mark, we're going to start with you. Uh, Michael actually wrote an article uh, that we have on the show here, so we given him a little bit of an advantage okay, once you go fine. first uh, about the uh, new WhatsApp beta that appears to allow users the ability to revoke text messages that they've sent. So you send the text message and then a little uh, if you revoke it as the as the sender uh, window will show up on the receivers that said this message has been revoked and it doesn't actually show uh, the content of the message. There are some restrictions like uh, currently I think you can't uh, revoke it if it's been read or something like that. But uh, kind of interesting premise. Uh, I think we've all done some texting in our day that we wish we had hadn't done. Uh, but Mark, uh, 60 seconds. Tell us, uh, is this good or bad? Well, I think it's good. I mean, the thing of it is, is that everyone has actually gone on and uh, drunk texted uh, an old flame or something of that sort. I know that uh, <laughs> it seems like about a year ago, uh, a conversation I had with an ex-girlfriend got a little bit too in the, oh, on the flirty side of things. So I was just like, you know what? The thing of it is, is that at that point, I would have liked to revoke the entire conversation, not just the the text message that I actually sent. Um, we've also, I've also been in a, in a situation where you know, uh, an Outlook, for example, there was a while, uh, there was a ways where you could actually send a text or send an email message and then send a message saying it was actually going to be revoked as well. And of course, that just led me to want to see that message even more. Right. So I think that from that standpoint, um, sending a text message that's revocable is just going to prompt a lot of, hey, what was that message? Hey, what was that message? I want to see that message and so forth. So I think that's just going to be... Uh, I think it's going to backfire a little bit, but I think it's a good idea in concept. All right. Good idea. I like it. 10,000 points to Mark for a solid start off. Uh, Michael, again, you wrote the article, so I'm, I'm going to expect really big things from <laughs> you. Uh, but go ahead. 60 seconds for you. Well, yeah, on the surface, I think it's amazing as well. We've all been in that situation where we're talking to a coworker and we accidentally send something to our boss and we said, oh, you know, whether it's embarrassing or not, you just don't want to open up that door. Sure. And I think it's a, I think it's a great idea in theory. But um, the message of uh, that the, the recipient would get saying it was revoked, I absolutely agree. That makes you want to know <laughs> way more what it is. Sure. And I also think there needs to be a time limit ah. where you can't be sitting around for an hour and saying, wait, maybe I shouldn't have sent that. It needs to be maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute. It's the, the, the same thing I had with Twitter, right? which Twitter gave us 30 seconds to edit a tweet. Because if, if it's going to be quick. It's going to be a spelling error. It's going to be a sent to the wrong person. It's going to be something you're going to immediately recognize, i got to get rid of this. And I think that's the best way to implement it. And um, I personally would just love to see it. Great. Hitting right at 60 seconds. Great job, Michael. I'm going to give you 15,000. A little bit of an edge over Mark there. Uh, once again, for our viewers, remember the points are ludicrous and completely arbitrary. It's dependent entirely on my uh, capricious whim how many points these guys get, so I don't take it too seriously. But we're always interested to hear what people have to say. So great take, Michael. Thank you. 
Moving on to the second one, and we'll start with you, Michael, on this one. Uh, I think the reports came out last uh, last week that, and, and I'm going to perhaps be wrong here, but it's pretty close. It's 1.32 billion monthly users, I believe, and 1.28 billion daily users, I think, are the numbers. But but approximately a quarter of the Earth's population, guys, is currently on Facebook, which is pretty pretty insane uh, when you think about it. Uh, that something has grown to such a huge degree uh, that we're all that involved in it. And, you know, it's just just pretty incredible. And, and they're showing more and more traffic on mobile devices, too. So you assume that, you know, it's not only is it time, the number of people being logged in, but they're logged in for a long period of time, you know, checking it out. So uh, my question for you, Michael, is uh, given all this, uh, what percentage of people uh, are going to be on Facebook uh, when the sun finally swallows the earth? And uh, also, uh, who's the bigger player right now in the online uh, world? Is it Google or Facebook? 60 seconds. Okay. Um, I think when the world ends, it'll probably be closer to 80% of people <laughs> on Facebook. I just, I'm not sure it's going to be at that point, Facebook. Yeah. Facebook has a lot of properties. They got WhatsApp, they got Instagram. They're, 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 they're kind of building the building towards something that's greater than just a simple status wall social network. And I think that they are going to develop some kind of a, whether it's a hardware thing or whether it's an app, I'm not sure. But they're going to try to integrate all of these things that, that all, all these properties they have into something that we can't avoid. We, you know, we, we will be using it every day, whether we like it or not. And as far as the bigger player right now, I mean, it, it's hard to argue against Google because, I mean, how many, if there's 1.3 billion Facebook users, how many searches are done a day? Yeah. We're, we're on Google without even realizing it, like constantly. So I think Google, as far as brand recognition, they, they probably have the edge right now, but, but Facebook has a strategy, a 10-year strategy that, that beats everybody. Once again, right at 60 seconds, Michael Simon, great take, 15,000 points to you. Uh, loving this action so far. Mark, uh, tough competitor this week, but uh, what do you got for us? So first of all, I think when the world ends, half of Facebook's users, whatever they're going to be, are actually going to be live streaming on Facebook Live. <laughs> the other half are going to be actually taking selfies of themselves as they, you know, as they turn into a flaming ball of cinders. So I think in, in that case, you're going to have basically all of Facebook's users actually Facebooking at that time. Nice. Um, I think that uh, as far as the number of users are concerned, um, right now, there's about a billion users who are actually uh, who speak English either as a first or second language. So actually, Facebook's actually topped that. But you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of local uh, social media that's just going to simply uh, displace Facebook, or it just is going to keep them from actually encroaching. Uh, you've got what's called the bats, which is I think Baidu. Uh, Selena, Tencent, and Alibaba is the other one. And they're just dominating China right now, and Facebook just can't get in, and I think that's going to stay the same. Um, as far as overall overarching concerns, yeah, Google's the dominant player. Just because people search, they don't necessarily like Facebook, and really, Google can't really penetrate into Facebook that well. Mm. Sure. Great take. Another 15,000. I'm going to keep this one knotted up here as uh, we're getting great, great takes from both sides. Uh, moving on to number three, maybe we'll be able to break the deadlock here. I'm waiting for one of these guys to fall on their faces. This might be the one. Uh, Snap getting ready to do their IPO here. Uh, a lot of a lot of buzz in the tech world about that, obviously. Uh, interesting that in 2013, they actually turned down a buyout from Facebook. We were just talking about them. Uh, $3 billion. And uh, it looks like they're going to go for a valuation of about 20 to $25 billion, I think, on this IPO here. So at least on paper, 
uh, seems like the right decision. But uh, we've seen some similar issues with Twitter on their IPO, questions of how you monetize the platform um, and, and how their user base is really, you know, whether it's stable or not due to some erosion from uh, Instagram stories reportedly taking a lot of uh, Snapchat's users. But they're pushing forward to an exciting point in their uh, company's history. But I think the question is, and we'll start with you, Michael, uh, will they regret not taking that buyout from Facebook back in the day? And, uh, and also, you know, how is this, you know, are we going to see them be the next Twitter? In other words, uh, valuation, a high valuation that really struggles to monetize as they move forwards. Okay. I don't think they're going to regret that at all. I mean, Twitter has its struggles and their stock price is probably about 16, 15 or $16 right now. And that valuation is probably 12 billion. So I don't think they're going to regret 3 billion. I mean, it sounds like a lot to us, but to these tech companies, it's nothing. Yeah. But yeah. The, the problem I have with Snapchat right now is that there's an age limit of sorts on it where, I don't know, whatever, 35 or 37 years old, like you, 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 you kind of say, all right, I'm too old for this. I don't want to put, you know, stickers on myself and have my eyes glow. It's just not something I do. So I think Snapchat needs to, you know, come out with an adult version of its app. If, if that, if that uh, isn't too condescending to people, but, um, there, is a, there, there was a rumor, and Bloomberg uh, wrote about this weekend that talked about how they were looking to, uh, to partner with Google for search. And if they can get into the AR end of things, that would, that would change things uh, for the better yeah. monetarily. Yeah. Wow. Another great 60-second take from Michael. 15,000 points. Mark, over to you. Yeah, I don't think that Snapchat is going to necessarily regret its buyout offer either. I think that uh, you know, the, the public markets can fund it quite quite well. Uh, the one thing that's obviously uh, concerning is the fact that Instagram does essentially the same thing. Um, I've never been a, fa- a fan of, 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 of news that disappears or messages that disappear. I'm also a little bit concerned about the uh, the branding issues. Uh, apparently, uh, Snapchat users engage pretty well with their, their, their branding and their advertising, especially sort of that branded filters that you can put over mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, I'm always a little bit leery of, of users and how well they're going to accept advertising. I think that over time, that's going to come a little bit exhausting. People are going to, and there's going to be a little bit of branding fatigue. But for right now, I think Snapchat's making the right decision. Um, and I think they've got some, some certainly some runway to keep on going. Um, again, social media seems to have a short lifetime, but you know, Facebook and some of these other platforms are sort of the counterindication of that. So I, I, I think they're making the right decision right now, but I don't know. It's it's a little bit uh, the things. The future is a little bit murky, I guess. Sure. I mean, always with these any sort of IPO with tech, it's going to be a question of how they can sustain once that initial IPO comes in. So, be curious to see uh, you know what happens in the next couple of weeks. Uh, good take, Mark. I'm going to just give Michael the edge on the age uh, limit uh, quote. That's a pretty good one to take away. So I'm going to go ahead and go twelve thousand to you. Okay. Uh, a little bit behind, but I think you can make it up here on the next one. You look really nice today. Just want to say that. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure wow. Thing. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to keep that in mind for the points being, a, and I'll wait for Michael to lead off his uh, take with another great compliment of me. Uh, <laughs> but this one's coming to us about uh, Tesla branching out a little bit. A lot of questions last year about Tesla and its ability to be uh, profitability uh, uh, profitable. Uh, some interesting interesting statements from Elon Musk to his employees in uh, September about, you know, we really need to basically pull together and, and, and get this company profitable. They just finished building some power stations here in California, which are uh, stations that exist that are built on Tesla batteries that allow uh, excess energy in the power grid to be stored and then actually fed back during peak hours. Mm-hmm. Really interesting uh, from an economic and ecological uh, standpoint. Uh, seems to be a lot of uh, a really good potential in terms of use of their technology. Uh, would we ever see, and Michael, we'll start with you, uh, Tesla abandon the motor car uh, brand, uh, 
started to pursue these other, uh, perhaps more profitable pursuits? Well, first, Tyler, I love your shirt choice. Oh, nice. And okay. <laughs> looks great on camera. <laughs> um, as, far as, uh, as far as Tesla goes, I don't think they'll ever abandon the cars, but I don't think it's going to be what we know them for. Hmm. I think they're going to be an energy company that happens to sell electric cars. Hmm. Uh, we see, you know, the uh, batteries, uh, not just with the power stations, but also they sell them for homes with the uh, uh, Tesla Powerwall. They also have, um, they showed off these little um, solar panels for uh, tiles for roofs. And I think alternative energy, they're going to be at the forefront, and I think they're going to be powering cities one day. Hmm. I think they're going to take what they're learning with cars and apply it on a broad spectrum and become Pacific, Pacific Electric and, and, and National Grid and be an actual energy company. And when we get to Mars, I think Elon Musk is going to find the next energy company, alternative and everything else that goes with it. All right. Excellent. Uh, Mark, uh, going to take a look at you in a second, but I'm going to go get 20,000 points on that. I like the future looking, uh, <laughs> aspect from Mike. Mark, you got 23,000 points to make up. What do you got for sure, us? Sure. No problem. Well, first of all, I think Tesla has already dropped the motors part of it. I think it's actually Tesla Inc. right now. So they're already heading down that direction. But I think that Tesla is in a way is, is, is comparable to Intel. I mean, Intel actually now is not a PC company anymore. It's a, it produces, it has products that actually produce data. It has products uh, in the PC that actually sort of process data. And there's products in the servers that actually store and analyze data. And I think Tesla's doing the same thing for electricity. Mm-hmm. You've got an energy, energy generation portion of it. You've got a, a, a transportation, which is sort of consumption port of it, portion of it. And I think that over time, you're going to start to see more of an enterprise play for you know storing and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been fuel cell companies that have sort of just tried this in the past. Um, and they met with a huge amount of fanfare. Um, and I think that every major company, whether it be, and is going to look for some sort of way to offset their power budget, especially if they're uh, moving more into the cloud. Um, I think that this is this is sort of an inevitable direction for Tesla. Nice. I like it again. Future looking. That sounds good. 20,000 points for the take. Uh, 3,000 points for the compliment. So a total of 23,000 <laughs> points to get us back to an even number here. I complimented you too. You did. I'm, I'm still considering <laughs> I it. Uh, I feel like it was a little bit of a follow up to Mark sucking up. So um, for right now, it's just in, under consideration. <laughs> we'll keep it a little lighter with our last uh, topic here. Uh, Cafe X, a robotic barista, uh, first debuted in Hong Kong. Now there's one here in San Francisco. Uh, it's basically a robotic arm and two coffee machines that does coffee and uh, espresso drinks to order for clients who push in a code and uh, it it uh, basically gives it to you as the uh, you know as a drop off and kind of a locker uh, locker situation there uh, I actually used to work for Starbucks uh, and one of the things that they always taught us uh, straight down from Howard Schultz was that you want to look at the coffee shop as a third place uh, we've all heard this before uh, where you're really between work and home but part of being that third place is the interaction with the baristas and and you know greeting your customers and knowing them by name and knowing their drinks and really having that familiarity with them to give them a sense of place uh doesn't seem like you're going to get that with a robotic arm swinging between two coffee machines so we know what howard schultz would think about this uh michael we'll start with you what do you think about uh cafe x and, uh, and robotic baristas um i think it's a it's a great idea in you know as far as a technological advancement goes but you know, I'm I'm one of the most anti-social people around, but when I go to a restaurant or a coffee shop, or I, I like interacting with a person. I like knowing that if I if my order's messed up, I can tell them, you know, yeah, I sure. wanted a latte instead of a whatever. 
and they'll fix it. I like the quality control of, a, of, a, of having a person and the whole experience of handing them money, just the whole thing. And, you know, it seems like it would be a very cold experience with a robotic barista to, just to say, here's your order. You know, going into a restaurant, going into a coffee shop, it's not just about getting a drink, as you were saying about the, the third home thing. You know, you're, you're inside of a, you're, you're interacting with the customer, with the people, and I think you lose that with, the, uh, with just having a, a robotic barista. Plus, it takes away jobs, which is never good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, let's go 25,000 points for a little shot for the economy there at the end. Great job, Michael. Uh, Mark, what do you got for us? Well, first of all, if I was at a, I, I'd put a coffee place across the, the, the street called The Human Bean. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, there's extroverts and there's introverts. That was introverts. terrible. I know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's extroverts and there's introverts. And I mean, there's there's two different, I mean, if you go to a grocery store these days, there's automatic checkout machines mm-hmm. and there's, there's places where you can actually do, you know, interact with somebody. I think that sometimes I feel like I I want to, you know, I want to have that human contact. Sometimes I just want a cup of coffee and sit down and work, for example. Mm-hmm. And you know, if a, if a robot's simply more efficient and can get the job done uh, and can deliver you a good cup of coffee, I think that's going to be the key. Um, then, yeah, I, I don't see, a, I see a potential market for this. I mean, San Francisco is sort of a celebration of of innovation and technology, and, and, a, and, a, and a coffee shop like that is going to be sort of an iconic. Uh, it's going to be nice, as iconic as Blue Bottle, I think. Wow. Um, I think that you're going to have um, certainly places that you want to go ahead and interact with a barista, but I think that uh, there's going to be times where just um, if you can avoid the sort of the automat sort of uh, the mm-hmm. atmosphere, you're going to, you know, that's something that's going to appeal to a lot of people. So, wow. Yeah. You heard it here first. Mark Hockman, uh, Cafe X will be as big as Blue Bottle. So right. there you go. Watch out, Blue Bottle. One of them actually just opened right across the street from us. So That's I right. know there's been uh, some interest over here uh, for the coffee lovers. But uh, wow, that was a great take, too. I'm uh, 20,000 points to Mark for that one. I really like what's going on today. Uh, we're going to get to the final round here now. If you guys aren't familiar with the rules of the final round, uh, it's going to be a surprise. Obviously, you guys yeah. have no idea what's coming. And it is winner take all. I will judge you. And it'll be a straight 20,000 point wow. bonus okay. to the uh, to the winner. So if you guys are ready, uh, final round. So we just finished the Super Bowl uh, yesterday. Uh, who for you guys, and I'll give you 60 seconds to think about this too, uh, who for you guys is your tech MVP of 2016? 60 seconds. Oh. <clears throat> so it could be an influencer, it could be an inventor, uh, whoever you guys think. And if you say the robot from Cafe X, I will subtract points. <laughs> Got about 30 seconds left. We don't actually have any weight music here, but, uh, you know, in post we're going to put some in. So it'll be uh, a lot more exciting watching two people look at each other or stare off into space. <laughs> Ten seconds. You guys feeling good about it? No, I'm not. Excellent. All right, you got ten seconds. Michael looks confident. <clears throat> All right, sixty seconds. Michael, you had that confident look, so I'm actually going to go to you first. Why don't you tell us your tech MVP of 2016? Okay, I'm going to go outside my green bot box and pick uh, Tim Cook, Ooh. Apple CEO, as my tech MVP. And here's why. It has nothing to do with the iPhone 7 or the iPad Pro or any of that stuff. It actually has nothing to do with any of the products. 
um, his fight for privacy with, against the government and his refusal to create a backdoor in the iPhone mm. and all that represents. And he, <clears throat> he uh, not only didn't back down under tremendous pressure from uh, the government, he also brought it to the surface and he brought it into the public lexicon. And we're paying attention to privacy. WhatsApp has encryption. And Google is now even talking a little more about privacy and how, how, it, how it takes your information, what it does with it. And in, in 2017, 2016, 2017, it is the most important thing, two-factor authentication, keeping your passwords in a, in a locker, not reusing them. All that stuff's important. And what he did by saying, no, I'm not going to do this and I'm going to fight you, he brought all that to the surface. Mm. And um, th I think going forward, that is the most important uh, 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 portion of tech of, of the tech landscape that we, that as consumers, we need to pay attention to. Great take, great pick for uh, 2016 MVP. Uh, Michael Simon says Tim Cook. Mark Hockman, over to you. Yeah, I'm going to go with another meta approach, and I'm going to go with uh, Jeff Bezos of Amazon. Okay. The reason I'm going to go with that is because it seemed like infrastructure is one of the dominating uh, topics of 2016. And Amazon continues to sort of drive all aspects of that. Um, we've got the subscription, so the we've got the obviously all you can eat sort of bundling with Amazon Prime. We've got the subscription portion of that. We've also got just the continued push towards logistics. I mean, Amazon supposedly uh, getting into the shipping business, it's getting into the plane business. Uh, we've talked about drones, for example. Mm -hmm. um, every aspect of our lives seems to be about getting information and objects and things that we care about to us faster and faster and more immediate. And I think that Amazon is sort of driving that, again, from all aspects. And I think that's just going to continue more and more into the future. Um, I think that privacy, is, as Mike talked about, is, is something that's, that's, that's obviously critical. I think it's becoming sort of um, a bit, I don't want to say passe, but less of a concern as because simply we're just giving up all information with mm -hmm. Android and iPhone and so forth. I think that, again, sort of logistics is going to be... Um, is going to be sort of a key going forward. Oh, well, I'll let no one say we don't tackle the tough topics here on uh, War of the Worlds, logistics versus privacy. It is uh, it's a real barn burner today. Oh, boy, it's two great takes. You know, I'm going to give it to Michael because of that compliment he gave me earlier. It's a tie <laughs> otherwise. But, uh, man, I, I told you that shirt thing is in the back of my head. You're so uh, here we go. I, actually, I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> not even a little bit. But uh, so 20,000 points to Michael Simon. Uh, Dan, why don't you give us some final totals here? So it looks like Mike has 110,000 to Mark's 80,000. Oh, boy. It was absolutely a stomping at the end of the day. I thought it was a lot closer. but uh, So, Mark, you know, you got to suck up a little bit more faster, I That's guess, okay. uh, next right. time. But, uh, Michael, great job. Congratulations. You've won. Of course, winning is all in your head. There's no prizes or anything like that. But we will give you a, a thumbs up here on War of the World uh, today. Thank you guys both for sure being thing. here. A lot of fun. Uh, Michael, thank you. Enjoy your uh, time in Framingham this week. And, uh, Mark, over here yep. in San Francisco. Thanks, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.